Hi, welcome to the Happy in Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Arnold. I'm an expert certified coach and a physician mom. I help women physicians go from burnout to happy in medicine. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. And today we're going to talk about the gap and the gain highlights. First of all, I have to say a little bit of a disclaimer. I um, did a webinar on The Gap and the Gain. It's a beautiful book by Dan Sullivan. It is loaded with gems. People are obsessed with this book. It was life-changing for me. And so I did a webinar on it. And then I stripped off the audio and put it on the podcast as the highlights, or so I thought. Turns out I only published two minutes of the introduction and I forgot to attach the actual content of the webinar. So we are correcting that pronto and stat, and we will reissue it as the podcast was intended to be, and I'm reissuing it here this week, so that um, if you didn't catch it the first time, you got it here, and it is loaded with goodies. So enjoy the show, everyone. We have been doing monthly book clubs now for some time. This one is a really special one, The Gap and the Gain. In May, I found myself, I was in Australia. I'd been retired from medicine for about half a year. I was in Australia and I remember walking down the streets of Brisbane with my husband thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about my business. My husband's like, why are you kidding me? You're making more money than ever before. You've been flown first class to a huge organization. What is it going to take for you to really believe in yourself? And at that spirit of those things, those thoughts had been with me all summer. I spent the summer in California and I still had these thoughts. This book was a really useful, I have lots of coaching skills, of course, and I have my own coach, of course, but this really moved the needle faster than anything else. I remember walking in California, listening to it, and it was like a light went off. And because it had such a dramatic impact on me, I know it works for me. I've been sharing it with my clients. and I wanted to share this with you too today. So by the end of our session, you're going to have this tool that works really fast. It's like surprising lightning speed. You have this tool that they've uh, developed in the gap in the game to help understand where you are. I think understanding is so important and also switch your mood if that's something you're interested in. There's some tools to do that in a really fast, powerful way with actionable tools. You're also going to have an understanding. One of my favorite parts of the book is they talk about what is the best hour of the day. Like there's one hour of your day that outweighs all the other days in terms of reassuring your brain, in terms of accomplishing your wins faster than before, uh, in terms of having better sleep and setting yourself up for a really beautiful tomorrow. So we'll understand what that hour is and how we can leverage that towards our goals. And then for those of you who are here to hear about Fiji at the very, very end, after we do the book club, I will be telling you about that. And we will be opening the doors for Fiji for exactly 72 hours and that's it. So you'll be the first to, uh, one of the first to hear about it. And there'll be some live bonuses for just those of you who enroll during our time together. What does our time together look like? Our book club will take about 30 minutes. It's fast. It's a light book. And it's partly because I disagree with the majority of the book. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. So we're not covering everything. We're just covering a couple of tools that I found to be really remarkable. And then we'll spend 30 minutes on Fiji, your questions. We'll make sure everyone feels taken care of. So I expect we'd be here about an hour. Sound good? All right, let's get started then. So what is the gap and the gain? Here's an illustration of, and I'm going to walk you through it. So where we start, our starting place 
is, let's just say for me, I'm going to say the year 2000, that's the year I graduated from college. If I wanted to say that's where my career started, for example, or med school, I graduated from med school in 2006. So it took some year t- time off to do research. So let's say 2006 is where I'm starting achieved. I would kind of say that where I am now. And then ideal is the idea of where my brain thinks I should be. By the way, Our brain always thinks we should always be further than we are. Nothing wrong with your brain, the ideal. That's how ideals are designed. They're designed to be like the horizon, not something you ever really arrive to. As soon as you get close, your brain will stretch it out even further. And it's not a problem unless you tell yourself you're wrong for not being at your ideal, which is what I was doing in May. I was telling myself I'm not at the ideal and something's wrong. And it's all my fault. So of course I felt really terrible. That's what the gap is. The gap is when we're not at our ideal, we're measuring forward from where we are now to our ideal. And we're telling ourselves the difference is because we did something wrong. Something's wrong with us. And that is the gap. It feels kind of terrible. That's the gap. Okay. When you're in the gap, you'll hear yourself saying things like this. I should be further ahead by now. My peers are ahead of me. I should be up up to date with my peers. Whatever this is, it's just not enough. It's not happening fast enough. And it's very vague language that is no way to track. So it's usually like you'll you'll know you're in the gap when you feel terrible. You're measuring yourself against the ideal, making yourself wrong for not being there. And you have lots of vague things. What does it even mean to be this is enough, for example? So that's the gap. The gain in contrast is where we measure ourselves backwards. We measure our now achieved. That's where we are right now. We measure ourselves toward backwards towards where we started. So for example, that would be me looking back at 2006 and saying, oh, since 2006, I've given birth to two, like there are two lives in the world because of me and my husband. I have graduated medicine. I practiced pathology. I was practicing academic medicine for 22 years. I built a coaching business It's measuring ourselves backwards to where we started. That's the gain. For most people, when we measure ourselves backwards, what did you accomplish in the last 20 years? What did you create in the last 10 years? It's a really beautiful feeling. It's like, oh, wow, creating life while practicing medicine, while building a coaching practice, while recovering from burnout. That's a lot of stuff feels really good. And that's true for you too. When we measure ourselves backwards, it can be a really beautiful experience to recognize what we've created and move forward. So why do we even care about the gap in the gain? It's because this is beautiful work that they highlight. And also I find this to be true. I've, we, you've seen this work too. We know that people who are optimistic live about 10 years longer than people who aren't. That's kind of good to know, right? It's good to know. Let's see. Um, yes, it's good to know that you could live 10 years longer if you're enjoying your life more. You might like that. Wow. Okay, this is something that can extend our life. So worthwhile to know. Um, I got a comment. There's a black box in the lower right. I have no boxes open. So we would just work around that. It might be your computer screen or if it's mine, we'll just kind of... Um, We'll work around it. I'll be reading the key elements. Sound good? Right. How you frame an experience determines how your body experiences it. So if you've gone to work and you've ever felt like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this all wrong. I want to crawl under a rock. I don't want anyone to see me. I want to go back to my office and cry. I have for sure had all those days. If you have those days, it's because how we're framing it. So if we can, and we're not wrong for being there, humans will be there sometimes, nothing wrong with us. And 
when we reframe and we tell our brain a different story, we have a different lived experience in our body. And that's pretty powerful. So before coaching, I thought, oh my gosh, I feel horrible because I have a horrible boss and a horrible job. None of that was, I mean, maybe that was a little bit true, but that made me feel at the effect of like, well, I can't feel any better until my boss retires. Do I get another job? That could be 10 years. Or I could feel better now by telling the story in a different way. And that will have my experience in my body feel more grounding, more safe. And from this place, I can go decide, do I want to change anything about my job? Do I want to negotiate to make it better? Do I want to consider other jobs? Or for example, it's a very empowering place to be. We also care about it because our life, our lived experience is what we pay attention to. And that's it. We, If we have a habit of tuning out things, like, of course we do. We're tuning out things. That's just not part of our lived experience. It's not part of our life, but our whole life at the end of it, when we look back, it will be comprised of moments we paid attention to. So being able to direct our attention on purpose onto what we want to pay attention to, it creates each component. It creates the whole meaning of our life. It's so powerful. So being able to know the gap, the gain, how to move between them can be really powerful to live longer, to feel better in your body, to have a life that to enjoy the life that you've worked so hard to build. So you might've heard me say, I disagreed with the majority of the book, which is how we're going to get through this very quickly. And so I want to just, if you have read the book, I want to give you some warnings about the book because I have seen people use my own clients who I love. I've seen them use the book against themselves. I think it's very easy to do. They have a lot of all or nothing language. Like if you're in the gap, you're damaging your life. You're damaging your relationships. You can't create anything amazing when you're in the gap. You have to always be in the gate. And I think all of that is not healthy. It's not helpful. It's not how life works. So how I look at it, this is where my coaching would kind of, the lens that I would look at it is that you're not going to avoid the gap for sure. Not possible. And it's not a problem. We as humans are going to flow between the gap and the gain. And what I teach my clients is how to take care of yourself no matter what, for as long as it takes. When you're in the gap and you take care of yourself, the gap won't feel so scary. You, of course, also, I think these authors have not met a woman physician. They don't understand a woman physician is the most capable, brilliant person on the planet. That's my opinion. Because we, even when they're in the gap, we can create massive things. Like when I was have struggling in my academic career, I still created two babies. I still wrote hundreds of papers and books and lectures, all the stuff, even while I was in the gap. So I don't think it's true to tell ourselves we should never be there. And when we're there, we're damaging our lives. I don't think any of that's useful or true. And I think that we can take care of ourselves We can't in the gap. And that's the secret of getting back to the game. There's nothing wrong with being in either. You will flow through them. And the rest of the talk I want to show you present some of the tools they have on how to understand where you are and use it to get into the gain if you want to. I love this quote. Diane Sullivan, by the way, he is the mentor of Brooke Castillo. So if you follow the Life Coach School, that's where I trained many of uh, physician coaches train there. He is her mentor. And so as you read this book, you start unpacking, oh, this is where Brooke might have been inspired. There's such beautiful messaging here that just re-emphasize a lot of coaching tools. And one of my favorite tools he brings up is ideals are like the horizons. I think I always thought ideals are just this thing. I thought ideals are things we should have been done by now. <laughs> it's been my thought versus ideals are like the horizons. They're not meant to be achieved. 
just by definition, there's these stretch goals where our brain wants us to be. It's not a problem that we're not there. We can build paths towards that. We know that as soon as we get close to it, it will go, it'll extend itself. So this will sound like this. You get your paper in, you feel amazing. And an hour later, your brain's like, okay, but what about that grant? Right? It just, that's what the brain does. It's normal. It extends the horizon a little further. It stretches you a little further. And it's not a problem as long as you don't make yourself wrong for not being at the ideal yet. We're not supposed to. The ideal is like a horizon. It moves as soon as you get closest to it. Not a problem. We just build paths. We just check in with ourselves about where we want to go and how we want to get there. So again, the gap versus the gain. The gap is when we measure ourselves, where we are now achieved is like where we are now against our ideal version. We make ourselves wrong for being there. And the gain, as they explain, is when we measure ourselves backwards. We measure ourselves from when we started medical school. We look at everything we created. Our brains only see what we show it. This is such an interesting concept. Our lived experience is what our brain is paying attention to. This can be to our advantage. If we help our brain, if we help our brain remember what we've created, it can be a very useful experiment. So here are a very useful tool. And so this is the tool they bring in. This is the thing that kind of changed my mood very quickly once I realized, once I understood I was in the gap, not a problem. And I could be in the gain if I wanted to. So he gives you this tool. It's called AMB. It works really fast. Are you ready for it? Always measure backwards. Just another clever way of just reminding ourselves for feeling stressed, overwhelmed, not good enough. It's because we're measuring ourselves against the ideal for sure. And so what we can do, it's not a problem to be there, but if we want to look at our thinking, we can measure backwards. Okay, where was I compared to 90 days ago? I teach a business mastermind where we look at our success in 30, uh, 90 day increments. So useful. You get to pick the increment. It might be if you've never measured backwards, you might want to start with 10 years. You might want to start with a big one to look at all that you've accomplished. Always measure backward. It's something that can be very helpful in giving yourself credit for everything you've created. It feels amazing. And we feel amazing. Our brain is in belief about what we're capable of doing. Guess what happens? We get closer to our ideal with less work while feeling better. Such a success strategy. Beautiful. So I don't follow sports, but he has lots of sports analogies. And this one really resonated with me. This is the picture of the Great Britain rowing team. Is anyone watching The Crown? They just dropped just dropped season six, by the way. We're all into it. So I'm into all things British right now. And this story really stood out for me. Apparently, they the British rowing team since its inception in maybe the 1800s did pretty terribly. Those folks were struggling until they hired a coach who really distilled everything down to one simple question. It was, what will make this boat go faster? What will make this boat go faster? That was the question he placed in front of everyone's mind. We're going to make all decisions from, will this make the boat go faster? If the answer is yes, we're doing it. The answer is no, we're not. They made it very, very simple. So for example, if the team was considering going out for a late night party and they were going to stay up to 2 a.m. and drink and eat pizza and chips and feel bloated the next day, they were deciding, are we doing this party or not? They would ask themselves, the teams would ask, team members would ask themselves, will this make the boat go faster? And when the idea was, no, I'm going to be tired, I'm going to be hungover, I'm going to be bloated, I'm going to have to gain some weight, this will make the boat go slower, then the idea is we're not doing it. 
And so you, they use this all across the team. Should we have these shoes or should we have these shoes? Should we sleep in on Saturday or should we do an, another round of cardiovascular workouts? They just measured against this filter. Will it make the Gabot go faster? I'll tell you just kind of the very end of at the very end, they wind up winning the Olympic gold, right? It's a great story. And it was all from simplifying their life to this one filter. Will this make the book go faster? And so this is something we teach in my coaching program. This is something we're going to be doing in Fiji is we're going to be figuring out what is that one intentional sentence you want to anchor your life into. Will this help my business grow? So in May, if I had had this awareness, the power of a very simple intentional sentence, I would have seen, oh, spending all this time telling myself to being stressed out about my business. This is not helping my business grow. This is holding me back. This is feeling terrible. It's keeping me from my goals. So I could have really helped myself stay to uh, pivot that line of thinking. Some people join my program because they're there to salvage their marriage. They want to fall back in love with their partner. They want to stop feeling like roommates. They want to have the romance blossomed again. So for those people, the thought that we kind of bring everything back to is, will this create more connection in my marriage? Such a beautiful way to think of just simplifying our life. Because when our brain gets engrossed in stories or it gets down the rabbit holes, it can be easy just to continue down the dark rabbit holes versus, let me check it against my story. Or maybe I've got a lot of people who run labs physician scientists in this program, and they're focused on their grants and maintaining their lab space. So the question for them is, will this help my grant get funded? If thinking that I'm going to lose all my funding and I'll lose everything I've worked towards or comparing ourselves to someone who just won a $20 million grant, if that makes me all feel small, we just check in. Will this help my grant get funded? If not, we can start pivoting away from it. Will this, I think the majority of people join my program because they want to love their job more. They want to work stop overworking. Will this help me love my job? Will this help me love my career? Will this help me feel connected to my partner? Will this help me feel like I'm living the life I worked so hard to achieve? We just find these intentional sentences and measure our life against it. And it helps simplify so much of our life and keep us on track, keep us in the game, keep us moving towards our ideals in a really supportive way. All right, let's look at some other tools they bring up. He he says, uh, he says five minutes, the real estate agents, I I love watching reality TV. So one of them is I, I follow is he's like, we're going to have a five minute funeral. When the, the house offer falls through, of course, we're going to be upset and disappointed. Of course, we're going to contain it in five minutes. We're going to give ourselves five minutes to just be really sad, frustrated, angry. Then we're going to follow it up with a 10 minute game and we're going to force our brain immediately, not a day later, immediately to go 10 minutes into the game. And this brings up, this is starting, you starting to see a relationship with Brooke Castillo in the life coach school. So who's, who's where I was certified. She had a really beautiful podcast during the pandemic. She was like, listen, I know you're all freaking out. I get it. Make sure you don't stay in freaking out all the time. Make sure if you're going to give yourself like it might be healthy to give yourself 20 minutes a day to really worry about what this pandemic will do for your life, for your family, for your job. And then spend 40 minutes organizing a pantry, 40 minutes cleaning the basement, doing something productive, guiding your brain towards productive action so that it helps move out of the gap. So beautiful. So this really helped me. This was my mental strategy through the pandemic is I would let myself worry in a constrained way. And I would double the time in the gain afterwards. Five-minute funerals can be really powerful. Yes. Okay. 
uh, something, another tool that can be helpful is that the brain forgets gain, forgets fast. Well, I will say the brain forgets wins fast, it tends to hold on and remember painful stories for a very long time. If you ever have been just sitting around and all of a sudden you think about a conversation that went sideways like eight years ago, right? Like what? The brain is still holding on to that. But it's interesting. The brain tends to forget our gains fast. And so if that happens to you, you have a normal brain, something you can do is regularly catalog your gains. So what that might look like, this is something we're going to be doing in Fiji, but you can start it now if you want to, is doing a journal prompt. So the act of writing is very powerful for the brain. It gives you some perspective. So you start getting a little bit outside of your life and the brain is like paying attention and watching. And just the act of writing can be so powerful to get it out of your brain and show your brain at the same time, the data points. What did you create in the last 10 years that you're really proud of? What are your greatest accomplishments that when you look at it, you're like, wow, I did that. The brain has forgotten. So we want to practice writing it down. What do you know now? that you didn't know 10 years ago and allow your brain to go through this 10 year mark is just what I recommend for someone's never done this before, but you can decide like maybe you want to do in the last month or the last week or the last year. You just get to decide what that is. Our brain's reality. Remember is what we show it. So if we're always in the habit of showing our brain and our brain has a negative bias, so of course it's going to go towards a negative, but if all we show it is how we haven't gotten to the ideal yet, we don't have the grant, we don't have the house, we don't have the kid, that becomes our life and it can feel, just make sure you're checking with how it feels. If that feels terrible, it's a line of thinking we want to redirect. It's okay that your brain goes there. Of course it does. My go, mind goes there 20 times a day and we still get the chance to redirect it because that what we focus on becomes a story of our life. It stretches out to year, decade, and our entire life. So important. I love this. They mentioned this in the book. I've, I've seen this in other places too, is that you could imagine like when you're measuring backwards with this technique, always measure backwards, is that it's possible the life you're living right now, your average, boring, normal, whatever you want to call it, was a life of your dreams 10 years ago. I for sure think that's true. Probably even not even that far, probably a year ago, a year ago when I was thinking about being retired from medicine, not having a terrible boss to who was, she was digging through my office. She was leaving. Like there were so many violations a year ago. I was, I felt a little bit trapped into that job. And the idea of not having to ever answer to her again such a powerful thought like this, even my most boring day is so much better than where I was a year ago. And I say that just to give ourselves credit for the growth that we've created. It doesn't mean that we should be grateful. We should stop. We should never move forward from here. Of course not. When we start from this place of abundance for ourselves, like, wow, look at all that we've created. We can start from that place. It feels great. And we can find ourselves finding more paths forward from there to build even a, even a more bustling, beautiful, vibrant life. All right. Here's a quote from Thomas Edison. Never go to bed without a request to your subconscious. I've had mixed vibes on this. So I want to say with this, this is an idea they bring up in the book, is that if what we're talking about gives you terrible sleep, stop doing it immediately. Okay. okay. I 
do think this is very interesting. I've gone to bed sometimes where like, I just, my brain cannot figure this out. Like I can't figure out how to correct the revisions on this paper. Not really sure what to do with the in-laws next. I had this disagreement with a friend. How do I work around it? And I'll go to bed and I'll be kind of like saying, like giving my brain this thing I want to work out and I'll wake up in the morning and it's completely worked out. So fascinating. There are signs behind it. When we go to bed, sleep is essential, right? It is essential to clear out the cobwebs, but also our brain doesn't stop thinking. Our brain keeps working. It's organizing itself from the day, the new knowledge and inputs. And if we can kind of direct it, this is the thing we're trying to solve. Brain loves solving problems. You might just wake up with a problem solved. It's an interesting thing to experiment with. Also pay attention to if it gives you a rut night's sleep, please don't do that. Then we'll have different set of tools that involves not thinking right before you go to bed. So you'll have to experiment with it, but it's been kind of fun. And this brings us to a really beautiful point in the book. He says, there is one hour of the day that's more important than any other hour. And this hour, if you can leverage it, you can harness so much potential and set yourself up for the next day. The hour of the day is, it'll be different for all of us depending on our bedtimes, but the one hour before we go to bed is the most important hour of our day. So his recommendations are, and every night I do this, it works, y'all. I feel so much better. I get a great night's sleep. The next day is so much easier. So his recommendations are put your phone in airplane mode so you don't, you're not scrolling, you're not getting more data endpoints. There's no chance you're going to get a nasty email from your boss. Have your phone in airplane mode the last hour. Give your your brain time to really reconnect because we know our brains are horrible at recognizing our wins. So important to get in the habit of writing three wins from your day. We are building the muscle of cataloging your wins. We're creating a record that you can look back at and be like, wow, look what I created. Write them down. It's not enough to think about them because the brain will just like burp. It'll just fart it out. It'll just like, I'm not remembering that. Versus when you write it down, now there's a record of it. There's a historical document. It's much, Your brain will take it much more seriously and you can keep coming back to it. So I do this with my clients. When we meet we on one-on-one, we work, We start generally, if the client wants to, with our wins because we are working on training our brain to see the wins. The brain will not want to see them unless we have trained it to see the wins. So this is part of building our self-concept, taking care of ourselves, giving ourselves credit. It will feel amazing. And if that's what you go to bed with is seeing your successes, it will really help you have a beautiful night's sleep. And something else he recommends is also in this last hour of sleep, you write your three wins and then go ahead and decide ahead of time what your three wins will be for tomorrow. Make sure it's only three, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but the idea is if you decide ahead of time what your wins will be for tomorrow, there's so much science that supports. You are so much more likely to get it done once you've written it down, you decided ahead of time. And I think where I see myself when I don't write my three wins, what happens is the next day I'm going from fire to fire, doing like whatever my brain remembers in the moment, whatever was the last email I got. And so I just kind of like scoot along my day, putting out fires versus anchoring into what are the three wins I intentionally wanted to create? Am I coming back to them? And days where I have three wins where I just write on the top of my, my screen, this is our priority. Guess what? They always get done. And days where I just fly by the seat of my pants. I mean, it's okay to have those days too, but they're far less productive. And I tend to not get what I intended to do done. So 
So helpful. Last hour of the day, put your phone in airplane mode, write three wins from the day, three wins for tomorrow. Only write three. And the reason here is I remember when I first sat down and I did this, I had like 21 items. It's like, I have a lot going on. (laughs) That is a to-do list. That is not a strategy for winning everything. That's a to-do list. And so we really want, and there's, I've heard this said before, if you have no prior, if you have more than three priorities, you really have no priorities. I don't know if I believe that to that extreme, but we want to get out of the habit of having an exhaustive 21 point to-do list. Of course, you have lots to do. And if none of them are prioritized, you'll find yourself just going from fire to fire to fire. So we do want to practice constraint. What are the three things that are most likely get me that are working towards this idealized version of my life? Let me focus on those. How do I get a little closer to them? So if you were to do this, what does this look like? you were to do this for one week, you would have 21 wins per week. You would have 90 wins per month. You'd have over 3,200 wins per year. And more than that, you're developing the capacity of showing your brain how to celebrate your wins. And that skill will change everything else. It's showing your brain how to look for the positives, how to celebrate you. Even on a really terrible day, I promise you, you have done several, at least three things really, really well at an exceptional level, in fact. And so keep showing your brain this helps you develop the skill of of celebrating yourself. And you have strategic byproducts. You're going to have better sleep. When your brain feels like, wow, look at me, look what I'm getting done. For sure, you're going to sleep better. You'll have a more productive day the next day. You'll have, you'll know your brain will know exactly what it needs to be doing. You'll find yourself just moving into action, getting far more done with a lot less time and energy. And again, the biggest win is you train your brain to be in the game. He recommends an accountability partner. I think this is the greatest part about being a group coaching program is you, we have built an accountability. We meet at least once a week. Uh, our next session is on Monday and it's this accountability where you can come together and you can say, Hey, here, these are my wins. Or, um, you can meet someone in the group that you want to have an accountability. I I imagine our group was going to Fiji. We're going to be a very close group. It's only going to be a few of us. We're going to be a very close group. There were built in accountability product partners there. Having an accountability partner can be so helpful in supporting your growth because the human brain is like, "Mm, if it's just me, who knows? Maybe not. But if my best friend knows, if my coach knows I want to do this, then it starts, our brain will take it more seriously. How I do this is my daughter and I, we have a system where every day at the end of the day, I send her my three wins and what I want to do the next day. She thinks it's weird, but she also, (laughs) she's also like, keep doing it. It's really interesting for me to see what you're working on. And so that's my, that's my main accountability. She's my main accountability partner and it can be a beautiful thing. Account- accountability doesn't have to be a bad punishing thing. It can be like, oh, this is someone who I want to help support me and my goals. And this is for sure what we're doing in Fiji. This helps us. And this is another big concept in, in coaching industry. Brooke Castillo has a whole podcast on proactive versus reactive, and it is a centerpiece of this book. When we can write, what are our three goals for tomorrow? We start creating a proactive day versus a reactive day. And actually, I think it's more than that. When we get in the habit of gathering together what's important for us, what are our priority items for the next day, this is how this is the building blocks of how we build a proactive life versus a reactive life. 
And before coaching, I for sure was living a reactive life. I was angry. I was just like, I don't know where these emotions are coming from. Get an email from the boss, vacation is canceled. And I would just be like so devastating. And I would just feel like I was just at the effect of all these things I couldn't control versus in coaching. And this is one tool we can use is we can just decide ahead of time the night before. This is what's getting happened. This is what's getting done tomorrow. And the more we're able to show up and do it, we build this trust with ourselves. It's just like, this is our proactive life. This is us taking charge of the elements that we can control moving forward in a way that feels really good to ourselves. Proactive feels amazing. You're not always going to be there and you can help yourself get there by starting with these three wins ahead of time, deciding ahead of time what you want to create. It also helps you have less decision. Does everyone feel exhausted at the end of the day? I was, when I was in medicine, I was a pathologist. So I sat in a chair most of the day reading slides. And you might say, oh, if you sit in a chair, you shouldn't be tired all day. But if you're making a thousand decisions a day, your brain will be exhausted. So how we help our brain get less exhausted, less fatigued is we decide ahead of time the night before what are our three wins going to be. And we just keep anchoring into them. We keep prioritizing them. So when we get a distraction comes by, like, hey, do you want to check your email for the hundredth time today and spend 20 minutes ch- figuring out what the Kardashians are doing or whatever? You just been what? That's not my three priorities. I can make time for social media after I accomplish these three wins. Much more likely to create the ones you're looking for when you when you approach by taking these three wins ahead of time. When you take this approach of at the end of the day, writing what are the three wins you want to create tomorrow. It helps you also develop this 80-20 principle you may have heard of. 80% of all of our results are coming from 20% of our activities. So we want to be directing our time, attention, a focus to these 20% of the activities that just give us outsized results. And what can help you here is deciding tonight, what are your three wins going to be for tomorrow? Constraining to three will help your success become inevitable. Resist the urge, mamas, resist the urge to make yourself a to-do list that has 21 items. At the end of it, it, it might be as, it might be almost like having no, no priorities at all when we have 21 things to do. So we really want to constrain to three. So the good news is those British rowers, they won the gold medal Olympics. This is a picture of them in Tokyo. All by asking themselves this one question, will this make the boat go faster? It's the power of setting an intention and supporting yourself all along the way. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to join our coaching program where we do this work every day. We have so many book clubs you could enjoy today. As soon as you enroll, you get access to all of it. And then you get to meet in a couple of days. We'll have another group call where we get to work together on applying and integrating this work and having so much fun. You can enroll right now at yourpathandfocus.com. To make sure you never miss a live book club, training, podcast, workshop, make sure you've entered your email at yourpathandfocus.com slash email. That's yourpathandfocus.com slash email. If you found something fresh, interesting, new, and tender about this podcast, could I ask you for a favor? Could you hop on iTunes, go to Happy in Medicine Podcast, scroll to the bottom and leave a five-star review with a comment. It helps promote our podcast to more listeners like you. I would so appreciate that. Have a beautiful week, everyone. See you next time. Bye.